Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. It's a well, it's a special day in the Curran home. I'll tell you why in a bit. I'm also going to ask you for prayers for my dad. He is in the final days of his life and um, just to really pray for a happy death, a happy and prepared death for my dad. That would be a huge blessing and I would really appreciate that. And, and um, to start off the program, I'm going to actually dive into three principles drawn from John Paul II's philosophy of the human person before we dive into an interview. Back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you, and I thank you, and I praise you for the gift of another day. Lord, help us never to take you for granted. Help us to... Be able to recognize the ways that you are drawing close to us. Lord, give us the grace of awareness of your presence and the power that you long to bring to bear in our lives. Please, Jesus, do that for us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, it's great to be with you today. So, there's a month left in my kids' summer. Yes, before four of my, five of my kiddos head out of the home and off to college. Three of them as college freshmen. There's a lot more to say about that, but not today. <laughs> and uh, two others that are going back to college. So I'm going to have, it's kind of weird. Here we are, and we're going to have more than half of the current kids uh, in college, all at once. Wow. Pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. Oh, and pray for favor in Franciscan University of Steubenville's eyes, uh, since four of our kiddos are going to be there all at once. So we're still arm wrestling over financial aid. So say a prayer for that, would you? I appreciate that very much. Okay, so so when you have a month left, what do you do with that? Like, what do you do? So Carrie and I met to prepare for our family meeting. So you got to do some good preparation. If you're going to have family meetings, a family meeting is it's not just about getting organized at a practical level and checking in and making sure schedules are aligned. Oh, by the way, it's all of that too. But my wife so brilliantly caught on early um, to the power of and importance of setting kids up for success regarding tasks that you're going to ask from them that are just not going to be that enjoyable. Tasks that are just work. And work is such an important thing for kids to be able to do. And one of the things that she brought out was you got to give them, give them a heads up, like, you know, talk about it and discuss it on Sunday at the family meeting. And then as the 
as the days go on, there are, there are reminders. There it is on the calendar. And don't forget, it's coming up on Thursday. You have this to do. That way, it's not just sprung on them at the last minute. Hey, you've got to get out there and, you know, weed the yard or do this, you know, paint the fence or whatever the, the bigger project is. No, you give them a chance to let it settle in, settle in, settle in. So um, along those lines, if we want to really have a great month, then the idea of setting goals can be can be powerful or can just be like um, more tactical. It can just be more like perfunctory. It doesn't have to, to mean a lot. So I said, Carrie, let me give just a brief reflection, sharing, teaching, whatever you want to call it, on these three different principles or insights drawn from the philosophical anthropology of St. John Paul II. As you know, he was a philosopher. You probably know that. And he um, was famous as someone who was a uh, Thomist. So he was deeply rooted in the philosophical approach of St. Thomas Aquinas and therefore Aristotle. But he also brought to it a methodology that was called um, phenomenolo- uh, phenomenology. So it was it was one that paid attention to the profiles of things. There's a lot more to say about that. But and he was also personalistic. So he drew things back to the person as much as he did to the action. Okay. With all that said, as by way of background, three insights that I shared with the kids to get them thinking about how do you set goals in this last month. The first one was to stop and talk about the effects of action. Actually, no, the first thing I talked about was the nature of um, acting as a human being. John Paul II makes a distinction between authentic human action versus mere human activity. Two people can do the same exact thing. You, You look at and you watch two people doing the same thing. Right. Imagine it's two people like maybe working in the yard together. Right. They're both out there working in the yard. They're cutting grass, pulling weeds, raking, uh, fixing things. And they're, they're both working. And one of them is doing authentic human action. And the other one is doing mere human activity. Well, wait a minute. How can there be something fundamentally different going on? And the difference is the person who is acting authentically, in John Paul II's words, is the person who is acting intentionally, that is with a purpose, tending towards a goal, that he has a goal in mind in doing this action. The second, he is deliberate. There's a willed quality to his actions. I will to do this. I am determined to do this. I say yes to this action. And the third aspect is that there's a consciousness or a self-awareness of the fact that he is doing these actions purposefully and deliberately. He's doing them intentionally and willfully. So there's a self-awareness going on. And so if you hold on to those ideas, two people that are acting, one person can just be going through the motions and just getting stuff done and just kind of eyes glazed over, not engaged. The other one is engaged because, well, how can yard work be purposeful and deliberate and, and aware? Well, it could be something as simple as I'm honoring my, my parents. I'm doing the duty of my state in life. I'm being a good steward of the things God has given me. And so I'm working with that 
consciously in mind. I want to make good use of my time and of my talents. I'm going to do this with care, right? All of that can be present in the mind of the one who's working versus the one who's mindlessly going through the motions. You take that and you can move that into um, a more important realm, and it can be something like praying the rosary. Are you praying the rosary purposefully, deliberately, and with conscious awareness of what you're doing, or are you just going through the motions? So the kids got that distinction. You want to be acting in an authentically human way and not just going through the motions. The second is your actions will have an effect, and the effect that actions have are not only in the world, but also on the person. So when you do something good in the world, you're acting in a way that is self-sacrificing, giving of yourself, paying attention to others, pouring yourself out. That's going to have a good effect on you. You're going to become good when you do good things. And then the same is true if you're going to do something that is broken or evil or dark or sinful. It's going to have a reverberation, an effect that is also on you. It shapes and molds you in a deep, profound way. And John Paul II says the more, the, the more profound impact or effect of an action is not the effect in the world. It's on the person who's acting. And so I got them to think about that. When you're acting, you're actually shaping and molding your own deepest self. And then the last point was... John Paul II says, we will most profoundly be acting as a person when we are acting together with others. So there's a way in which we will be more motivated, supported, encouraged, held accountable. We'll have a greater sense of, of energy and we'll be aided in our focus if we are working together with others. So we talked on Sunday about setting goals for their last month. Get a vision. What do you want to be in that month? What do you want to be doing? What do you want to look like? What do you want to have achieved? Get a picture of that. Identify that vision or dream in the form of goals. Well, that would mean I would be weighing six pounds less. It would mean that I would be um, spending my time uh, on rich reading rather than on wasted times on videos, et cetera, et cetera. So we dug into that, those three principles. Now, that is a wonderful human background to the more fundamental spiritual background of spiritual power. And we're going to move to that part of the interview right now. Let's dive into the interview and build off of what I just shared. Well, I want to welcome to the program Father Diogo Escudero. He is a, a Capuchin Franciscan who is uh, located in Philadelphia, uh, where he ministers to uh, uh, the Brazilian community and the Portuguese community. Is that correct? That's correct. Wonderful, wonderful. Full Father, thanks for being with me today on the program. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, uh, Father, I have you on because uh, you are involved in a, uh, a movement, uh, that's what I call it, a movement called Encounter, uh, among many other things. And uh, that movement is, for me, one of the ways in which God is stirring his people to recover a sense of the, the, the truth that God is the living God who not only has created this world, but intervenes in salvation, salvation bringing ways to bring his kingdom alive in those who are his followers, those who have come to him and those that he's drawing to him. And just like in the time of the apostles in the ministry of Christ himself, where we had signs and wonders and deeds of power accompanying the proclamation of the gospel, that God is once again moving with great power 
among the, the faithful to stir a deeper expectant faith and to activate them to go forth on mission. And so I am really excited about the that reality. I'm excited is, is not really a good word. I'm, I'm like, I stand in reverence over the work that God is doing. And I want to help promote and advance this sense of expectant faith among many Catholics who just have had no experience, no uh, no sense of, of contact with the the Lord moving in such miraculous ways. So there's mm-hmm. my brief, maybe not so brief, introduction to the work of Encounter as a movement from God. So let me just ask you, what's, what's your own sense of connection and contact with that movement? And I'd love to kind of tease out more of your own story of that connection. Well, I think you, you really put it beautifully. Uh, I don't even you know. I don't even think I could put it so much so in such profound and, and concise words. Basically, what Encounter is doing at this time. So, so my involvement. I have just finished going to the two-year uh, uh, education program they have. They call the Encounter School of Ministry. So I've went to the two years to the program. I've also been involved in teaching uh, during my second year, and I now in Philadelphia. I'm also connected with the. Uh, soon to begin for myself, the Encounter also program here in Doylestown. Uh, it's been going for a few years, but since I just moved, they they also invited me to be part of of the leadership and also to 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 teach, you know, to to also be present as well. And for me, uh, I mean, as you basically said yourself, it's been uh, a very powerful uh, a gift of God in my life of really bringing to life, uh, as you put this this reality that we see in scriptures that that our God is a living God that. Um, oftentimes we, we pray, uh, when, when people ask us to pray for the sick or things like that, we, we pray knowing that God can do those things. We're not really expecting those things to happen. And what encounter has really been in my life is, uh, uh, a way of, uh, and, and an encouragement of just really allowing the truth, the revealed truth in scriptures really to, to take, take flesh in my own life and really be open to the many ways that God wants to surprise us. Well, and, and Father, you're someone who... Uh, talk about the truth taking flesh. Uh, when the truth of Christ broke into your life, broke open your life, called you to pour forth your life, you weren't, uh, you know, just uh, pursuing a religious path. You were pursuing a PhD in uh, in a scientific realm and, and like molecular research and in these sorts of things. Uh, and it's often, I think, it's often thought that folks who go deeper and deeper into the scientific uh, disciplines are often people who are radically indisposed to belief in God, that they have come to a uh, very sophisticated idea that, well, it's clear to us from our lofty scientific heights and insight that there is no God. That's at least a popular idea. What, What was your experience like in that? I mean, there's definitely that. I mean, there are people, but like in every place in society, there are people that, are, you know, uh, they think they, they have their own truths and who are you to say otherwise and believe whatever they want to believe. I mean, there's a reality as well. And I did experience a bit of that reality, especially because for me being, I mean, at that time in grad school, it was really a time of also reencountering God in my life. Uh, there was a time of, of, of conversion or perhaps reversion, uh, but also as a time of, of experiencing this this reality that sometimes people see things differently and uh, they'll push our buttons and to see, you know, what, what is, 
what is this faith? What is this thing that this person is professing? Like, why, why this changing his life now? Why, why breaking up with a girlfriend that you have, you know, this beautiful girl, really good girl. And now you're saying they're going to become a priest. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? And what are you doing with your life? Of just leaving all these things behind sacrificing. A lot of people say that you're sacrificing so much, but basically when to whatever God calls us, whether it be religious life and priesthood, whether it be to marriage and anything they will leave behind, we're actually gaining so much more. And it's not, when we think about leaving behind, it's not even leaving behind. It's actually opening ourselves to receive the gift. But, but yeah, I, I did experience that. But also, uh, surprisingly, there are also some some believers and sometimes some serious believers in, in science. I mean, you have you no know, Pasteur, which was a, a huge uh, scientist and a very devoted man, playing the playing the roles every day. Uh, and also in my my own like uh, my own experience, uh, yeah, I mean. People that are true believers, and even even later after leaving the program, just as I was sharing things I've been seeing the Lord doing. Once I, I showed this picture of a CT scan of a young girl that was healed from cancer. The whole cancer has disappeared, and I showed this to a medical doctor when I went to to a, an appointment with him. And this guy just started freaking out and just saying, "This is a miracle. I I am a, I'm a believer. This is a miracle, and this girl should tell this to everyone she sees." You know. So there are definitely believers as well, but um, but you, yeah, you get a little bit of everything. So, Father, uh, you said something that was pretty striking, right? That you had such an encounter with Christ yourself in graduate school that it fundamentally shifted all the things that you were valuing and choosing. So, from a girlfriend to pursuing Christ as uh, as a celibate, from pursuing a scientific degree, a PhD, to now pursuing. Uh, Christ as as a priest and religious, these are radical shifts. Uh, is there a story in there of one of those decisive encounters that broke free, that broke the and, and brought brought about a shift in how you saw your own life? Yeah, in in some ways, as God had been preparing there for for a long time, because I mean He's always walking with us and He's accompanying us and and nudging our hearts to respond to whatever is his will for us. So that had been going on for a while, but um, I, I don't think my heart was either open or ready to receive that. So as, as many young people and at this time, you know, I'll, I'll go to mass and things like that, but uh, also just being very confused with the things that we learn in the world. So you know, going to college, going to grad school, there was that, that tension inside of knowing the truth of the faith and perhaps not as deep as, as it could have been, but also uh, being confused and also sometimes even allowing my, myself to be led by the lies and and, and that, that inner angst and things like that. So it, it got to a point where basically I, I could just see myself that, I mean, I, I was living life, but there was something fundamentally important that was missing. And, and it really took the point of really surrender and saying, God, you know, I, I, I'm, I just can't, I just can't find this, 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 Whatever it is that is just, you no, know, I, I just found this, this deep hole in my heart that I could not fill with anything or anyone. And when he took that, that surrender, I think that really opened the door for God to do what he was trying to do anyway. Uh, and that basically began a, a fundamental uh, uh, change in, in, in my life, my relationship with him. And God really just took charge and, and really in his providence, things just began to, to click. As if, it was as if it was a puzzle that was kind of messy. And then in that place of surrender, inviting him in, things just begin to shift and and really, in a way, it's like 
obviously he never goes against her will but it was really out of my hands at that point because i mean he just gave that yes that fundamental yes and then things just clicked and we begin to go hi this is dr tom curran and you know me as the host of sound insight i am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of washington and in idaho i love serving catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. drtomcurran.com. So Father, I'm talking again with Father Diogo uh, Escudero. He is a Capuchin Franciscan uh, based out of Philadelphia, sharing with me today. We're going to talk about, Father, you're coming to uh, Renton, that's uh, this uh, south, southern section just south of Seattle, for a two-day intensive uh, time of retreat, ministry, and experiencing God's power coming up this weekend. And so we're going to get to that in just a few minutes, folks. So if you're enjoying what you hear uh, with Father Diogo uh, now in this interview, you're not going to want to miss being able to be with him and many other people of great expectant faith who've experienced a, an anointing and gifting from the Holy Spirit to move with power that the Lord moves through them to, in fact, help you to experience this for yourself and then become a witness to it in your own lives. Father, you use the word surrender. And when I think about the fundamental like shifts or conversions in my life, the experience of surrendering to God is often connected to the reality of not so much I finally came to realize that I needed to surrender, but it was more the experience that the Lord was conquering in me all that resisted him. And so I began to actually pray like that, Lord, Lord, please, I surrender to you all that I know that I need to surrender, but part of me is a rebel. Part of me resists you. Mm -hmm. So please, I don't have the ability to surrender those parts of my life where I'm resisting and rebelling. So please, Jesus, conquer in me all that resists you. Come as the conquering king in my life and bring about my surrender. Does that make any sense? Does that resonate at all with your life? Yeah, so... I mean, you, you beautifully put it. There are many places in our lives that even though we're trying to offer it to God, we there, there's a place of resistance. And I even share this with people when I'm walking with them in preparation for marriage, that we need God who, who holds us in existence to help us to make the gift of ourselves to one another. So, I mean, it's, it is true that it, every, every step that God invites us to surrender, there is something of us that kind of holds back. So, I mean, I mean, as you put it, I, think, I found it's very profound, yeah. Um, there, there is a place of, 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 of holding back that we need to ask the Lord to, to really take us by the hand and then lead us because without him, we cannot do anything. Yeah. Amen. So father, I think that let's, if we stay on that theme for a minute. So there's that fundamental like journey that we make in our own uh, lives of faith, that conversion is an ongoing in some way. And so as the further we move along in the spiritual life, I think we still encounter those places where we are refusing, resisting, rebelling, and the Lord is continually asking us to surrender, and then we continue to beg him to conquer in us all that resists him. Um, I think about um, one of the ways that I think that that could also happen is regarding an openness to the power of the Holy Spirit. 
whether you call it the baptism mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit or the full release and empowerment of the Holy Spirit that comes that that is related to releasing the graces and giftings of of baptism and confirmation. I think so many Catholics, we have not been introduced to these fundamental truths of our faith that the Lord has granted us power through the Holy Spirit, power to become victorious, not only over the sin in our lives so that we could become saints, but power to move forth into mission so that we can be proclaiming the gospel and have that be accompanied by signs and wonders and deeds of power to demonstrate and manifest what the kingdom is like. So when you think about Mm -hmm. your work with Encounter, you've just gone through the two-year training program. There's a uh, two-day intensive that's coming up this weekend. How would you say you have yourself experienced and people that you've walked with experience a sense of deepening conversion to and awakening to the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so for me... um encounter has been uh, i mean like as i mentioned before a, a huge gift to really open to, to, be, to be open in faith is reality of god that really requires as you put a, a a a deep surrender and a continuous surrender because it is not our power uh we we're, we're not in control i mean god wants to use us he gave us the authority because he's always rooted in that place of relationship and identity with him um uh, but it, it is basically uh, like Moses, you know, go, you know, go lead my people to to worship in the in the desert. And then God just tells Moses, stretch your arm over these waters with, with your, you know, with the staff and part the waters. And he's not he's telling Moses to do it. So so basically uh, what, what Encounter has really beautifully done in my life and continues to do uh, is really to invite to this, this great trust of take steps in faith that often feels like like risk and I, I i say this in a in a rather uh, uh uh not not in an like in a rational or even in a in a way that is not responsible but in in taking in, in really placing ourselves in god's hands i'm not at risk of being imprudent but the risk of of realizing oh god for god nothing is impossible and he, he wants to do it he'll do it right now uh so for me uh even even my my first the first thing that really led me to encounter was you know, being joined into deliverance ministry that was really against my my own like natural inclination was like a step in faith and, and really seeing God powerfully working through that. And, and then God just continually just, just putting me against the wall and and really bringing a, the, the picture of St. Paul, this image of St. Paul, this beautiful saint, uh, and, and how he just completely just poured himself over for Christ. But when he preached, all these things would happen, you know, people would be healed and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I believe this stuff and I love to see this. But, you know, is God asking this of me because I don't want to tempt him. So right before I enter encounter, I remember reading a book by Damien Stain called Lord of Your Wonders. Uh, and I, I was just deeply, uh, deeply challenged by God. It was as if I just felt the Lord saying, you either believe it, you believe in this or you're rejecting the gospel. And inside it was just this agony of uh, I'm not sure if God is asking me to do this. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be responsible, but at the same time, I cannot not believe that God could do these things. So I just remember one day just kneeling before the, the blessed sacrament right after exposition. And I have a hundred and something people be, uh, behind me and maybe 150 or so in this group. The, it was a Spanish speaking group where I was in Washington. And I remember just asking God, you know, Lord, do you want me to pray for people to be healed? I mean, 
I have this desire in my heart, but I also don't want to hurt people's faith. I don't want to, to do something that is not in your will. So what do you want me to do? And it was just this internal angst of not having clarity, but at the same time, not being in peace, not doing it. So basically, I just said to Jesus, if it takes me embarrassing myself in front of people, I will do it. So I grabbed the microphone and I just said, whoever needs prayers for healing, come forward. Mind you, I had never done this before. I had just been recently ordained. And that first night, I saw about seven, I don't know if it's seven or nine people healed. And I started just freaking out. It's like, I've never seen anything like this before. I was just basically repeating what the what Damien was saying in the book. Call down the Holy Spirit until you feel God is prompting you to pray. And then say in the name of Jesus, no, whatever condition be healed. That's basically how, as I was praying, it's not like it's a method or formula, but really just allowing the, the power of God just to flow through us. And there were a few moments like that. And then after being connected with Encounter, Encounter had a really, really beautiful way of putting together uh, these teachings that are always in consonance with uh, with our with what we profess in our faith. And they really do a really, uh, really meticulous job of, uh, of really... Uh, trying to to not say anything and really going through all the, the theology, have powerful theology, big theologian names like Mary Healy, really going through the whole curriculum uh, to make sure that what we're teaching is Catholic. And in my experience, it's been really profoundly Catholic. Not only that, really uh, allowing me and helping me really to 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 see our, our tradition and with, with, I would say, with newer eyes or with fresh eyes. Uh, and it's nothing new, it's just a recovery. So basically, I just begin to see this reality just playing in my life more and more and more and more and more and more. And uh, yeah, so so it's become a norm. And not only for myself, but uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the sharing and opening others to this reality. So what I, I tend to do now often is when people come to, to ask me to pray for healing, uh, I actually have their family members pray for them. Or sometimes I just have children that are around me pray for them. Uh, altar service. I've been doing this in Philadelphia the other day. Uh, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. So at the end of mass, I proclaimed, and this person was healed. And then a bunch of people come after mass, wanting us to pray to me for to pray for them for healing. And I actually look at this altar server that helped me during mass. So I just looked at her and I said, "Come here real quick." I see maybe 13, 14, I don't know. I said, "Put your put your hand right here in this person's shoulder right now and just say it with me." So I just gave her the words. And about three people were healed that day. She had never prayed for anybody like that. So, so God really wants to 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 really empower and, and have His church alive. And if we only allow ourselves to be open and and we just take the steps in faith, we just see wonders. And I just see that off, like on and on, God just showing up, even when people have never experienced that before. Yeah, Father Diogo is with me today. Father Diogo Escudero, a Capuchin Franciscan, joining me from Philadelphia. Uh, if you are in the Seattle area, you'll you get a chance to experience Father Diogo and his ministry with Encounter. So Encounter in the Seattle campus happening at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. If it's coming up this Friday evening and all day Saturday into the evening. And so you'll experience the first four quarters of that two-year program, the Encounter uh, Ministry Training. And here are the lineup of speakers, including there you go, our father right there. And, and so you experience the first four quarters of Encounter in just two days, where there are four different themes, identity and transformation, hearing God's voice and the prophetic gifts of the Spirit, power and healing, and inner freedom and healing. 
And so you see that these events can it begins Friday night at 5:30, and then it continues on all day Saturday, uh, including Saturday evening, a power and healing session um, led by you, Father Diogo. Or we should say led by the Holy Spirit working through you. How about that, Father? That's right. Uh, that, that, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Father, these themes that show up in this encounter school of ministry, right? These themes seem to be so again at the at the root of what will help foster this sense of activated faith. Uh, and I think that, again, if we think about the, the battles that we face, you talked about deliverance. We talk about the spiritual battles that come against the families, marriages, and just individual believers living their lives of faith. Why would we attempt to fight those battles without the full armor of God, without the full equipping that the Lord has given to us. It's our inheritance, the, the graces and gifts of the Holy Spirit and baptism and confirmation, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that sense of moving with, with uh, tangible power where you see God, his glory at work, his, his glory shining forth, his power at work, touching lives, changing lives, and giving us a sense of victory. I mean, this is our inheritance. We are children of God. And and I think it's so it's, it's such a sadness that for too long, We've relied simply on the culture that's around us to be bearers of our faith so that we could kind of float along and everything was going to be fine. We kind of are living in a, in a, a world that is still um, impacted by the, the gospel and by, you know, the Judeo-Christian heritage and, and, and very, um, uh, you know, in very uh, deep rooted ways. That's not the world we're living in anymore. Now, now we're in a situation that involves outright spiritual battle against demonic forces that are attempting to undermine and overthrow the lives of many. And God has given us power. And, and I know God is using encounter in, in this encounter school of ministry to help free that power in the lives of Catholics. Yeah, it's it's in contrast doing a, a really beautiful job, as you said, is equipping equipping people to in really walking in, in the authority given to us and the identity given to us. As, as first of all, our sense of mission, I mean, even our, our the response of mission to God itself, it's not really the first question we should be asking God. A very holy priest said to that that to me once in a retreat, one singer John Asaph, he was really strong in, in saying mission is the is the third question that we should be asking God. First of all, is, is who we are in God. And who we are can only be answered by relationship with him. So that, that the, first, the first topic we, we saw there, an identity uh, and authority, that, that, that's really the foundation for everything that, that we do as Christians. And it's the first point that we actually go into as we begin encounter in the summer intensive, but also in the, the two-year program. Really to, first, we really come to know ourselves uh, before the Father's eye and, and, and how the, the Lord sees us, who we are before him, who he wants us to be for him, you know, who we are in Christ because we are we're made partakers of, of the divine nature, but also part of the body of Christ. So he wants to, to as Tim Teresa of Avila said, to be us to be his hands, his feet, his lips. For us, we need to, to bring uh, Christ to, each of us to bring Christ to the places that we go, to the place that he sends us. So, and with that, it comes the reality that he gives us to participate also in his ministry, whether it be in, in praying for healing, in bringing his healing for people, whether it be physical healing, whether it be emotional healing, deliverance, as you talked about, uh, whether it be to share the, the father's heart to a person and share words that come from the father and 
and God really wants us to, to really participate in that. So, so in the summer intensive, um, in, in a very profound way, uh, we, we give people the opportunity really to experience what we go through uh, in, in this, the first four year of encounter um, in, a, in a very uh, compact and intensive way. And when I did it myself, it, it really served me in, in many different ways. I mean, I, when, when we did the, the, the day on healing, I saw a person physically healed before me. Uh, when we talked about the, the healing of memories, deliverance, inner healing, because I was very deeply involved in, in deliverance ministry where I was in Washington, D.C. What I learned to pray for, for people that were especially experiencing uh, trauma in their lives. So uh, I, I would say so, so oftentimes when things happen to us, that, that, that memory will haunt us. And psychologically, we just want to repress it. And it is a defense mechanism that is healthy at first. But if we just keep on repressing the reality, that's where depressions and things like that come forward. Uh, and especially there are some things that some people do experience that really, humanly speaking, it, it is just not possible for us to get over it. So what Encounter also uh, helps us to understand is really to get some tools to help people to have a one-on-one -on -one with Christ. So we really become just an instrument by which we connect people with him. And really, I've seen many, many, many times over and over again, God really healing memories of really profound trauma. I mean, whether it be rape, whether it be, you know, awful, awful things. And people uh, will come out of prayer sessions just with a huge smile on their face. You'd say their face is changed and saying, Father, my life is different. It just felt like there's two huge bags or sins were taken out of my back. Uh, so, uh, but, but all of this is really rooted in us really coming to know and grow into this place of identity, which for us is, as you mentioned before, in that place of surrender, is something that can happen in a very powerful way in some experience, but also gradually, because you have to continue to ask God to help us to take that, that, that further step. Uh, Father Diogo is with me today and, and talking about uh, this, these some of the realities connected to the Encounter School of Ministry, identity, transformation, inner healing, freedom. The, these things are are such gifts that the Lord has for us. And I, I think it saddens the heart of God. I think it saddens the heart of God that he has so much for us and we expect so little from him that we carry burdens that we are not intended to carry. I think that we are coming out of a generation that has emphasized, well, let's let's say, go back 50 years, uh, a generate that generation emphasized carry your cross, right? So that uh, the wounds that are from our past, uh, past tragic happenings, past dark happenings, the way evil hit our lives. These are things that we either carry as just burdens and crosses and feel like, well, this is what the Lord has for me. And I'm just going to experience, uh, just say, I'm going to accept God's will. Or we bury them and we experience deep losses where we're not free in the way that the Lord wants. We don't have peace the way that the Lord wants. And if only someone can guide us, if only someone can can walk with us to that place where we can um, experience an oasis in the desert, a place of refreshment, a place of freedom. I think of, Father, I was sharing with you before the interview that my dad is in the final days of his life. He's getting close to death. And, um, and that's a very... Um, pressure-filled, stress-filled situation um, with family members trying to care for him because he's got serious declining health and he's, he's at home. And one of the things that I was emphasizing to my siblings was 
how important it was for us to help him be at peace with that next step in his journey, which is through death, going home to heaven. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's not always easy for, you know, that brings out into the open, like all the situations of all my siblings as we're wrestling with that. Well, thanks be to God, we had our pastor come down whom he knew and he was able to anoint him, hear his confession, give him Holy Communion. And the the fruit of that was my dad called me afterwards and said, I feel so relieved. I feel such release. I feel so much peace. And that all happened because of this healing sacrament, right? The healing sacrament of the anointing of the sick and the healing sacrament Mm -hmm. of confession were used Mm -hmm. by the Lord to minister to him in that fragile moment where there was so much at stake, a sense of I'm going to bring about a restoring and a recovery of union with you, my beloved son, and I will grant you the fruit of that, a consolation and a light and a peace. And I, I believe that the church is not does not teach that that experience is reserved for those who are in the final moments of their lives. But we're recovering those streams in our tradition that says that's available to you, too. And and I believe that's what you're sharing about, Father, today. Um, When you talk about the ministry of of the Lord, you see at work in Encounter Ministries. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, our God is a he's a good God. He's a father. Like he obviously like Jesus Christ. Sometimes there are things that he permits us to go through, even though he may not directly will it uh and he can always use things for the good but there are also crosses that either we take for ourselves uh or things that he just not wants us to be loving around that if we're just only open ourselves to him and also have people to help us as a body of christ and we are in the church uh god can bring profound healing whether it be the sacrament that you mentioned whether it be through prayers and i have seen that hundreds i mean i'm I mean, I'm not kidding, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, I didn't even know how many times, how God can bring such such healing, even in, in places where it's just dark for, for many people. Yes. Well, and Father, when uh, you're talking about that idea of people being in dark places, it, it can be such a, uh, uh, again, uh, an awakening to this idea that, wait a minute, I do have enemies to my spiritual life. I do have enemies to my own personal well-being. The world, the flesh, and the devil are coming against me and want to hold me back, want to sow in my mind a lie, uh, a deception that the living God is Mm -hmm. at a distance. The living God doesn't actually care for the details of my life. And when we talk about uh, Mm -hmm. coming to a a new realization that my identity, the deepest depths of who I am, is discovered in Jesus Christ and through my relationship with Him, everything becomes new and all of a sudden we begin to see with new eyes. Uh, Father, one of the other themes that Mm -hmm. shows up in the um, Encounter School of Ministry that's happening at St. Stephen the Martyr, it's this weekend, It, it begins on Friday afternoon 
It begins at 5.30 in the afternoon. It's uh, this. It's July 28th and 29th at St. Stephen the Martyr, which is in Renton. And you can just look up St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton uh, in order to get more information. Or you can go to encounterschool.org forward slash Seattle. Encounterschool.org forward slash Seattle. That'll get you to the website where you can register for this event. Again, begins at 530. That theme that you were talking about just now, Father, Identity and Transformation, 6 to 9 in the evening is that renewal of our minds. And then on Saturday, there are some other themes. We, we were just talking a bit about inner healing and freedom. But then there's that sense of beginning to move forward and moving out into the world. And that has to do with hearing God and the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is a such a big theme. Like how many Catholics, if you asked your typical Catholic, do you expect to hear God's voice day to day? Do you have a sense of expectant faith that the Lord is in fact speaking to you? And that he's communicating to you in a way that you can know, you can realize what it is that God's saying. I think that that is such a, again, a beautiful and important theme for our lives. So I'd love to hear you reflect a bit, Father, on that theme of hearing God and the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so for me, the the when Conrad teaches on, on the prophetic gifts was, was very powerful because uh, perhaps just being a scientist myself, uh, and maybe just also my own character, I just tend to think a lot and just really trying to see, is, it, is this what God wants? Is it, is it what God wants, wants to say to me? But the reality is that God wants to speak to us a lot more often than we realize. And to be honest, in our life, it's always based in that relationship with him. We're always living and in that connection with him and because jesus you know is is basically for us not only our mediator but our christian identity just looking at paul in ephesians like we're always in him in him we're chosen we're here in him he wants to sanctify in him is he wants us to be uh, living for the praise of his glory so our identity can only be really you know lived and, and growing christ so as he had his relationship with the father everything he did was, was, was the Father wanting him to do. We also are invited into the place of relationship, of dialogue, of obedience as Jesus had. And if that is the case, if God wants us to do his will, he has to communicate with us somehow. He is given his word. You know, the scriptures are, is God speaking to us? Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, 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 it's basically divine revelation for us as we, as we believe. But in many ways, there are ways throughout the day that God wants to, to give us, whether it be, a word to a person, whether it be a nudge to talk to someone. And sometimes many people experience this, but not know it is God. So what encounter really does is help us to, to see scripturally how this is a reality for all of us to, to enter and to grow with because, because it is also rooted in the place of, of, of identity you know, with, with God. I mean, I, I cannot have a father if I, if I, and, and, and be truly a son and grow in the relationship if I cannot have a dialogue with him. So really teaches us really to be open to the many ways that God wants to speak to us. And as it happens, and as we see in the, in the life of the saints, and as we see also in the writings in the early church, that begins to grow little by little. Hilary Poitiers has a beautiful, uh, uh, some beautiful writings on, on the sacraments. And he, speak to, he speaks about when people receiving uh, baptism at that time, uh, he's a doctor of the church, and that, Basically, the gifts of the Holy Spirit would, would be pouring into people. Uh, but oftentimes, they begin manifesting like a gentle rain. And in many ways, it's like that. It's just learning how to, to, 
to be open to the ways that God will, will even give us uh, a word for a person or sometimes uh, as we're praying or asking God, Lord, you know, reveal, reveal your heart to this person you have here in front of me. Like, is there anything you want to show me or say to them? And many times God would, would put something there. And as we begin to share that with a person, we just hear, we see how profoundly that, that word affects a person. And we begin to see that also opening ourselves to even a, a greater uh, dialogue with, with Christ, just as a way of testimony. The other day, I was just sitting in the confessional looking at my clock. And it was getting close about 10 minutes before Mass. And I was about to move and get out of the confessional. And I just hear in, in the words, not, not yet. And I'm thinking, not yet? But what do you mean not yet? I mean, I have to go and get ready. And then I, in a second, somebody just sticks their head and said, Father, are you still listening to confessions? And I looked and I was like, yes, I am. So I kind of proceed to kind of sit down again and listen to this person's confession. And as I was about to try to get up again, I said, not done. And this same person you know, asked me to, to listen to the confession of one of the family members. So I, I said, of course, I'm, I'm going to go against God. So I sat down again. And that's just to show that, you know, in many ways, if we're just open to God, God will prompt us to, to things that he wants us to do. First, to be open, perhaps to reach out to someone. And it's not that it's happening. We listen to that all the time, but it happens pretty frequently. And it puts open to God. He really wants to, to speak to us and also use, share a word that comes from our heart. Yeah. Amen to that. Again, I'm talking with Father Diogo Escudero, who's going to be in the Seattle area. He'll be at St. Stephen the Martyr Parish this Friday and Saturday for the Encounter School of Ministry. Uh, we have been talking a bit about the flow of the sessions. And so, folks, if you ever feel like, gosh, I need I need something, I need a new way to go deeper into my life of faith. I, I know there's more, but I don't know how to get there. I feel like there are blockages. I don't even know what they are, but I'm open to letting the Lord reveal them to me and then bring me on a path to freedom. Then come on out to the Encounter School of Ministry. If you're hearing some of the stories and testimonies of Father Diogo about the signs and wonders, the miracles that happen uh, through those who come to the Encounter School of Ministry, and who are then used by God as these wonderful instruments to help foster transformation in the lives of others, help foster that sense of moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. If that, if that at all is drawing to you, if there's something tugging at you, then please come out. Come out this Friday, the 28th, and Saturday all day, the 29th, to this Encounter School of Ministry. It's it's called a two, it's a uh, it's a two-year program. And the first four quarters of the school are actually completed in just these two days, the Friday night and Saturday. Father, when you think about not just your own life, but the people that you have seen go through this program, how would you identify some of the most important gifts or differences that you've seen in their lives and what they report on being part of Encounter? I think, first of all, it's uh, a greater appreciation, awareness, deeper love of God. Um, it, it really, for me, for me and, and I could also say for some of the, of the people very close to me that also have gone through, could say that it, it feels like some some blinders that just removed from our eyes. And we, we see that there's a lot more to our relationship with God that he wants us to enter in and to participate. It also 
for me, it really, uh, it made scripture become more literal. And I'm not talking about being fundamentalistic about reading scripture, but, but really when we, we see, uh, I know those things are true, but it, we, we begin to see how he, God wants us really to, to take those, those words as in, in face value. And as for ourselves as well, because these are words that he left for his church. When he said, when he says, these are the signs that will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast demons in my name. They will impose hands over the sick and they'll be healed. Like we, we read something like that and said, oh, maybe that's just for the apostles. Maybe this for a select few. But if we just look at scripture as a whole, if we look at uh, the acts of the apostles, I mean, that, that is not simply for a select few. That, that's for his church. Uh, and in a very beautiful way, I see that happening in my life continue to see that unveiling uh, because it's not like we graduate and then basically now I am operating in this level, but it, it, it is really a, a relationship in, in the early Amen. church uh, and what Encounter is really doing and what I see Encounter really doing is really uh, recovering the lost sense. So I, I see people that were sometimes just very shy taking steps with greater boldness. Uh, I myself you know, have been taking greater steps in, in opening my heart to the Lord and many things he wants to do. And also the, what we receive, and Jesus said that to the apostles, you see that in, in Matthew chapter 10, you know, give freely what we receive freely. So a lot of what encounter also helps us to, to develop is, is a culture that I believe is very Catholic of realizing that what we receive is not our own. I mean, it's to be given away. And it, it grows by being given away and really helping others really to see that this is not, it's not just for me also because I went to, to encounter school because I also see how what I have received has affected on my life for the life of others around me as well that have not gone through encounter. So it, it, it really overflows. So I'm very grateful to God for that. Amen. Well, Father Diogo, you've been very generous to me in, in sharing your time um, with me and, and our audience. I really appreciate your willingness to come on uh, and that you're going to be flying out here this weekend to be a, a vessel, an instrument in the hands of God. I love that. And I just want to thank you for your willingness to do that. And um, uh, Father, would you just say a, a prayer, a blessing as we finish our interview? Of course. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this time together. We also thank you for the adventure this has been with all the, the, the connection issues that we had. But we, I mean, we, we laugh about this too because it's all, it's all in your hands. We praise and glorify the Lord. We ask you for your blessing to come upon Tom, upon all those who will be hearing this, upon all of those that will be present for the Encounter Summit Intensive in Seattle. And we glorify you for your goodness in our lives. And we ask you for your blessing to come upon each one of us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's Father Diogo Escudero. And again, I encourage you to come on out to St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton this Friday night. Beginning at 530 is registration. The event starts at 630 and all day Saturday into the evening with an amazing set of teachings and ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Tom. God bless you.